Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name's Dan Carson, and I've got with me Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. Good to see you, man. Hey, Chris. It's been been a bit since we've been together on the podcast. Part of that has fallen because of a family vacation you took. And so I've got to ask the question. You spent... Uh, uh, some time at the big house of mouse. Um, yeah. So yeah. what was your favorite ride? What, when you go to that thing, surely you got one or two that you enjoy. Yeah, man. So I, I like, uh, we did go to Disney world. I went to, um, we went to all four parks. Uh, my, my favorite park is Hollywood studios. Uh, I really love Hollywood studios. Probably my favorite ride though. If I had to pick one, oh, that's a hard one. I, I, I I've got a new one. The, the best ride there right now is the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Right? Really? Epcot. Yeah, in, inside Epcot. And so um, it is It is by far the best. Uh, I mean, it is the smoothest roller coaster I've ever been on. It is the most, um, I guess, one of the most entertaining I've ever been on. And, and one of the most unpredictable ones. Oh, wow. Uh, so I just, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was, it was, to me, it was worth the hype. And, um, we, we got in there and, and really enjoyed it. So your, your boys are, how old's your oldest? Nine. I've got He's a nine year old and a six year old. Okay. Nine almost, and six. almost, almost 10 and seven, but could, could they ride everything? Yeah. Yeah. They could ride everything. Um, we went, this is our second time to go as a family. Uh, we went, we did go last year, uh, and so we surprised our boys a little bit sooner than we thought we would to, to go again. But, yeah, I would say, you know, one of the big questions for a young family is like, okay, are my kids old enough to go and to walk and to enjoy and all this kind of thing? And okay. I, I would really say that six six years old, you know, maybe five, depending on your five-year-old. I mean, you know your kids better than I do. You know, that's that's really your your marker. I think if you go much younger than that, you're going to be either carrying them, pushing them. Um, it's just going to be a lot more difficult time. So but as far as height wise, I mean, most of my boys were tall enough to ride the most things. But both of my boys have different personalities. And so um, one loves it. My nine year old, he loved it, um, all the rides. And he just really kind of broke out of his shell. Uh, the other one uh, was content with staying in his shell. And so he, uh, you know, we try not to force him too much, but we did get him to ride some things that he didn't before. And, uh, and I told him, I said, listen, man, you ride it once and you tell me you don't like it. That's fine. You, that's fine. You know now. And so, but you can't tell me that you're scared of it if you've never done it. So anyway, that's, that's kind of how I handled it. You know, I don't know if that's a good parenting advice or not, but that's how we did it. <laughs> we'll find out in about 20 years when they're yeah, in therapy. Yeah. So <laughs> I did strap him in one time and he was screaming. He's like, I don't want to ride it. I don't want to ride it. And I felt all the eyes in the line looking at me, just judging me. Like, can't believe that dad with a mustache doing that to his kid. <laughs> well, over the years I've gone on, of course, a lot of youth trips, but I also took my son and daughter on their band trip back in 2017, and I have a massive fear of heights. 
And so mm. I thought, okay, uh, should I ride any rides or just stay firmly rooted to the ground? Uh, but they had at the Six Flags in New Jersey, I think it's called Adventureland or whatever the, the designation of that one is. Um, but it, it had a Superman ride. And I thought, oh, very cool. Mm. I love Superman, big old nerd. I, I, I got to ride it. Well, it was the type you sit in, they put on the straps, and then it cranks you forward to where you're like flying. And so mm-hmm. terrifying. So for the first <laughs> 30 seconds of the three-minute ride or however long it was, I thought I was going to die, pass out, yeah. puke, you know, the whole bit. <laughs> and then finally when I realized that I wasn't going to fall out of this uh, ride, um, then I started to enjoy it. But holy cow. Uh, just one of the things I've liked about Disney World when I've been is that some of their rides are inside. So you don't, the height thing isn't a big issue. The rock and roller coaster that was in um, the studio, World Studios or Disney Studios, yeah. um, that was always one. I don't know if it's still there or not. It uh, is, yeah. It's it's there. Rock, rock and roller coaster, Hollywood Studios. It's the it's the one roller coaster on in Disney World that has loop-de-loops. Oh, yeah. There's it was no, it was a wild ride. I would definitely say that. Now, unless I'm missing one, like I said, there there may be somebody who knows more about it than I do, but I don't believe there's any other roller coaster in any of the four parks that go upside down. For me, I'm anxious to go back because the last time I was there is 2013, and they have um, they have a whole more whole bunch of Star Wars stuff, and you know, yeah. I, I love Star Wars. So. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we we love that too. I mean, it's it's cool to go in there. So I, I could I could geek out and talk a lot about it, but uh, yeah, suffice it to say, we had a and we had a great time. The boys enjoyed it, and um, I let me let me finish by saying this. All right, if there's anybody out there that has kids about the same age as me, um, one of the best things that we did this trip that we did not do the trip before was built in um, to our schedule what we call resort days. In other words, days off of the parks. So the first time that we went, we had a little bit more limited window of time to go. And so we hit uh, all four parks, like back to back to back to back. And that just wore everybody out. I mean, it's a lot of walking and, you know, you spend all this money. And so you pretty much got to go. You feel the obligation to go and that kind of thing. And what we did this time is we actually only scheduled three days of our overall trip inside of Disney parks, but you know, we're staying on site. And so when you're at the resort, I mean, they got the pool, they've got an arcade, they've got all kinds of things. And so it just, it it really helped us out as a family to have those days built into our overall vacation schedule to just be able to, okay, we went to the park and now we can have a day where we can just chill and rest, you know, and mm. sit by the pool. And I mean, cause listen, my, my boy, that's what we learned the first time. My boy is nine and six. Like they love just being able to go to the pool. And, and I mean, that's what we did. Right? We just, I mean, it's vacation. It's their vacation too. I mean, so we didn't want to just drag them through this theme park every single day. <laughs> and so I would, I would encourage you if you're making a trip, you know, when you're talking to your, your travel planner or, advisor or if you're doing it on your own build in some resort days um you you will be glad that you did family vacations are just an important thing if for those of us who serve in ministry we often neglect them we put them off we think we can't afford them or we think well we're not going to go on those because others in our church don't <laughs> go on those you know and for all sorts of reasons we come up with but just take the time make sure that you invest in your family 
uh, incredibly important stuff as you as you move along. Um, so splurge, save up, spend some money, enjoy a trip, enjoy some time. And you don't have to spend a lot of money. It could be a totally different type of trip. It could be one where you go off to a cabin and you're in the woods for a week or even four days or, you know, just be intentional. Don't forget that. That's a real that's right. important thing. So that's right. Well, hey, Dan, Dan, I'm sorry. Yeah. Can I say one thing to that? You better, man. That's not what we're talking about today. But yeah. let me just let me just say this because d- you know, any vacation you take is expensive, right? And I I totally agree with you, Dan. We've got to make time for that. And I would just say this: like you're going to spend your money on something. Yeah. Right. Most people are going to spend their money on on. Let's just be honest. Most people, most of us, we spend our money on dumb things. <laughs> right. We impulse buy. Uh, we, we do think like, so like, yes, was, was our trip to Disney expensive? Uh, yeah, it, it cost some money. I mean, it, it wasn't near as expensive as it could have been, but here's the thing. I couldn't have gone to the beach for much cheaper. You know, I couldn't have gone to a cabin in the woods for a whole lot cheaper either. Um, and so, uh, and we like both of those things. We like cabins in the woods. We like beaches. Uh, but my point is this, like, you're going to spend your money on something at some point you're going to buy a PS five, you're going to buy an Xbox one. You're going to spend money on things that you want to do. And I, I would just encourage anybody listening out there who has a family and you want to start doing this as a family, if you haven't already, just make that commitment. Hey, look, we're, we would rather buy uh, trips and experiences rather than just stuff that's going to sit on a shelf, you know, and collect dust. Uh, so yeah, I feel like I'm being a little, little too direct right there, Dan, but no, man, I, I, just, not. I, I, I agree with what you said, you know, yeah. Hey, and I'll yeah. say this one last thing about Disney in terms of how, how, how just what the way that we could do it is you can book that stuff a year out and then you can pay for it leading up to your trip. Ah, nice. So that's, that's one of the cool things that, you know, you can do that way. We went through a travel agent and, you know, they book it for us. And then it's just a matter of, Hey, here's your total bill and you can start paying throughout the year. And, um, you know, praise the Lord. I've got some grass that I get to cut and every dollar goes to a vacation. <laughs> Disney dollars, yep. <laughs> all green. So well, we could go on for a while and we have talked about vacations and their importance. So we encourage you to check back on the episode that that we touch on that. But man, it is, it's important to be intentional in our lives. Um, there's some of those things you learn early on. I hope that uh, some of the students that are with Central Baptist College, you're learning that from the very beginning. Central Baptist College is our podcast partner. Um, they are very supportive of, to our ministry. They're challenging, engaging, and inspiring. And if you have a student who's trying to figure out what's next in their educational journey, have them check out cbc.edu. That's a great place. A lot of folks that care about, about your students. And so uh, have them reach out. One of the things that you can do is you can reach out, find out more information. If you want to talk with one of us, we'd be happy to. You can uh, send us an email at info at studentministrymatters.com. And that'll be an opportunity for us just to connect and we can tell you about what the school's like. And so again, cbc.edu. Dan, you you changed directions like a pro right there, man. (laughs) You did it. I'm telling you, man, what a transition, you know. Change directions to CBC, our sponsor. And uh, man, speaking of changing directions, <laughs> what are we talking about today, man? Well, we are talking about uh, changing directions in the, the middle of the year. Um, let's say you've got a plan and you're going along and you're trying to figure out what you want to do 
in your ministry, and you've spent a lot of time focused in on that. You've been praying through my teaching. Um, specifically teaching is what we're going to talk about, but you, you've laid this all out and you think, okay, God, this is what we want to do. But then you hit a bump and you realize we need to look at something different. And so what do you do? Do you just lay aside your plan? Do you embrace the new or do you just plug along anyway, thinking, okay, this is what I've got here. And for those of us who like plans um, and like to lay out a, a big plan, sometimes it can be a challenge just to say, okay, uh, I'm willing. I know that for me in different places, I've put together not just a one-year plan for my student ministry, but six and seven-year plans. So as students would come into the ministry, I would be thinking about, okay, we're going to go through all these different books each year. And so that by the end of their time in student ministry, if they go all the way through, they're going to cover all of the New Testament. And so that they're going to know all of that. Well, you can get in the middle of something and you can be hit with something that is either in the news or that you notice in your group and we're and you need to make a change, whether it's for one moment or for several, um, and pull you a different direction. You know, uh, there was a period while I was I was teaching at Temple Baptist Church in Rogers, where Bobby Petrino made some big mistakes, and when he was coach of the Arkansas Razorback football team, and it left a, a perfect opportunity for me to talk about <laughs> uh, making choices. And um, so I set aside what I was going to do and I talked about that. But it can, well, like I said, it can be one thing or it can be a bigger change in direction from where you are headed. So Chris has got some thoughts for us on the subject. Uh, we know that our teaching plans, especially for somebody who's bivocational, you've, you've thought about this in advance because you know that you've got to schedule almost everything down to the night. But, but then God starts speaking to you. And then how do you know when to make the change and and then how to do that. So, Chris, what have you got for us today? I, I really like this topic simply because we all find ourselves in the in, in some point in the year, whether it be in the middle of the school year, whether it be just in the middle of the the whole year, January through December, we find ourselves in, in a in a spot where that can be kind of characterized as a. Um, Dan, I've, I've said this this phrase to you, uh, but what can be characterized as like the messy middle. Um, we, we can, we, we can set good goals. We can set good plans. We can, we can have all these things ready to go. And man, when, when we're setting those plans at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the school year, or whenever we do that in terms of our, our teaching schedule, right? I mean, it, man, it looks good on paper. Like we're really good at trying to build a calendar. Like we can probably do that well. Um, and I, if you don't do that, if you don't plan ahead, I encourage you to, to start. There's nothing unspiritual about planning, ahead and planning how you're going to teach throughout the year. Um, so long as you're doing that, uh, prayerfully and, um, yeah. and, and listening to the Lord and, and what he would have you to say. Uh, I heard someone say at one time, and it just has stuck with me. Like, listen, if, if the spirit can lead us, um, anytime he wants, then he can, he can lead us in that moment of whenever we're planning out a full years of sermon, Right. And we yeah. can trust him to know in advance what our people need to hear. And and some of the coolest things that I think we've all experienced is as we've kind of planned things or maybe even when we haven't planned them. But when things just kind of all fall together in a really cool way and we're like, man, I didn't do that. That was something God <laughs> did. And so, you know, that's a that's a really cool thing. But this particular subject today in terms of changing direction is like, OK, 
let's say that you've done all that. Let's say that you've prayed through it and you've set the schedule and man, you, you've been kind of plugging away. You say, okay, I'm going to teach through this book of the Bible, you know, during this, this date range, you know, maybe I'm going to have a, a one-off sermon where we address this at this particular point and all this kind of thing. But then you get to a point in the year where you feel like there just needs to be a change, right? You feel like there's, there needs to be something that, that, uh, that shifts, you know, how do you handle that? Right. Do you, do you, uh, what, what do you, what's your thought process there? And the reason why it's on my brain is because I'm actually personally in our group going through something like this. Uh, I'm, I'm having to make a change or I am making a change. And probably the first thing that I would say is be careful that you're not making a change just because you're bored with what you're doing. <laughs> right. I, I think, I think we need to be careful with that and let's just be honest about it. Um, be careful not to just make a change because you're bored with it. All right. By the way, I, I work at a school. And so if you just heard something in the background, that was our principal, um, probably getting on to some kids. So <laughs> there you go. That's real life right there. But, um, I, I don't know. So I say that, Dan, what do you think about that? Do you, do you ever find yourself kind of in that, that zone where you're tempted? Like, you know, I, we've been in this for a while. I'm getting kind of bored with it. Maybe we should just change. Like, have you ever been there? And, I and have been. Know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do know what you're saying, and it. You know, if I'm teaching through, uh, preaching through, one of the short epistles, that never happens. I mean, I can I can get through an Ephesians or Philippians or you know Galatians, and it's it's not real hard to make it all the way through without getting bored. But if I'm trying to teach all the way through the Book of Acts, or if I'm trying to teach all the way through even Romans, you know, the, they're heavy concepts to begin with. But then you're like, okay, I don't see the end of the light of the tunnel. I'm, I'm here. I'm, uh, well, let's just set it aside for now. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and okay, let's just, let's just kind of say that because I think it's good for us to admit that we can get to that spot. Right. right? And, and I, you know, even though this this particular podcast isn't about this, I would just encourage you to say, all right, if you're at that spot where you feel like you need to change, but it's because you're just bored, I would ask, I would start asking some personal questions like, okay, why, why am I bored yeah. with this part of God's word? Why am mm. I bored in teaching? You know what I mean? So I think yeah. that's a yeah. that's a prompt for us to begin thinking um, internally, like, okay, we know there's nothing wrong with God's word, right? Right. There's always something something wrong with us. It's that old eye chart, you know, uh, illustration. When you go to the eye doctor and you look at the eye chart, there's never anything wrong with that eye chart. There's always something wrong with your eyes. And so if you're getting bored with a particular text, it's it's not because God's word is boring or because God's word is insufficient. It's because there's something lacking within us. And so it's a good it's a good prompt to to look inwardly. Another thing, just before we get into just kind of how to make that change, something I was thinking about as a warning. Also, be careful not to make a change because you've you've run into a particular text that is, quote unquote, difficult. Mm, yeah. Right. Um, our kids, our teenagers and our parents and anybody we're speaking to, they're smart and they're aware and they know what's happening. And so, like, if there's a particular text coming up and we skip it or we just kind of call an audible and move into a different direction all of a sudden, like without any kind of explanation. Um, and it's only because, Oh, I don't want to deal with that right now. Then that that's a, that's a red light for us that we, we don't need to do that. In other words, that's one of the beautiful things about preaching through the Bible um, in an expositional way is because 
you get to handle things that you wouldn't normally handle, you know, if you were left to choosing, right? You get to go through texts that are a little bit more difficult and, and make you think and, and study in order how to present this and how to teach it um, faithfully to, to your people. So just be careful. If you feel like you need to make a change, make sure it's not making a change just so that you can avoid a difficult text. Um, have you ever been tempted to do that, Dan? Well, yeah, I think we all have. Whether I'm preaching in the pulpit or preaching in my student ministry, you end up with a tough text and it's like, well, I don't know for sure what I think about it. How am I supposed to teach this to my students? Yeah. And so there, there are a lot of ways to navigate that. But I think being honest and authentic with your students is, of course, the best because they know if you're just trying to pull the wool over their eyes. I mean, that's <laughs> so, yeah, just like getting bored with, you know, a series or mm-hmm. uh, hitting those difficult spots there. There's a tendency for us to take the easiest path. Yeah. Absolutely. That we love the path of uh, the path of least resistance. Yes. Yes. Right? So absolutely. Well, Dan, in, in terms of this, I've really got three, three encouragements to give to anybody okay, who maybe feels that way um, in, in terms like of, of changing direction. The, the first one is, is to, to let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit be your captain. Um, there's a particular passage of scripture I've always enjoyed reading and thinking and, and even preaching. And that's um, Acts chapter 16. It's when you've got Paul, Timothy, Silas, and I believe Luke as well. They're, they're moving through different parts of, um, of uh, around Asia and they're trying to go into different areas. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. but it says specifically that the Holy spirit did not allow them to preach the gospel or to go into there. In other words, it, they were spirit led, but the Holy spirit was not allowing them to go into particular areas. And I, I just always found that interesting because here these guys are, I mean, they're, they're not trying to go on vacation. They're not trying to, you know, go sit by, you know, the beach somewhere and, and, you know, sip a latte or something like that. They are trying to preach the gospel and they're trying to reach people who haven't been reached before, but yet here's the Holy spirit, not allowing them to go into these areas. Um, and so it, they come to a point where they just, they, they stop. And um, it says that at one night, the vision of the Macedonian man comes to Paul, right? Mm-hmm. And the next morning they wake up and they determine that the Lord has now led them to go into Macedonia. And, and that's where they go into Philippi. And one of the first people they meet is Lydia. And uh, Lydia was a worshiper of God. And she hears the gospel and she immediately receives the gospel, invites them into their home into her home. And, and then from there, you just see how the gospel begins to move forward in this city. And so the reason I love that in terms of what we're talking about here is here's these guys, Paul, Timothy, Silas, Luke, like they set out prayerfully. They set out, um, in a, in a, in a, on this mission with full steam ahead, knowing that the Lord was leading them. Right. But they were sensitive in the middle of all of it to what the Holy spirit had to do and had to say. And, and we see that in the middle of their journey, the Holy Spirit course corrected them. He changed their direction. And um, and so I just want to encourage you uh, guys who are listening, like if you if you sense that the Holy Spirit is changing directions in the middle of the year, um, be sensitive to that and and to to don't do it in a in a rash kind of way, but to do it prayerfully and to say, OK, Lord, is this something that you're leading us into? Is this something you know, help yeah. me see this, help make this clear in my life, but let the Holy Spirit be your captain as you begin to course correct. All right, Chris, you've got two more. What what are they? 
Yeah. So I would also say is be sensitive to the needs of your group. Always be sensitive to the needs of your group. There are, like you've already mentioned, Dan, there are times in our in our ministry and our just the 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 life of our church, the uh, the culture that we live in. I mean, there's all these different things that can happen in a 12 month period, right? Things can mm. can change overnight, um, and that that means that all of a sudden the needs within your group may change, and you may need to address uh, something very particular, very specific. Um, that that just your group needs to hear. And, and that's kind of where I'm at personally within my group is uh, there's nothing necessarily bad or wrong um, that is happening other than I'm just seeing certain trends uh, in a particular way. And um, I, I, I've been seeing that for a little while now. And uh, prayerfully, I just began to ask, OK, Lord, is this something that we need to address sooner rather than later? And, and I feel at peace about about pursuing it sooner. Uh, and so that's kind of where we are. And so here at the turn of the, the new year, um, we just had our, our student retreat. I felt like it just was a good time for us to kind of do a little course correcting. And, and so as we finish out this school year, we're going to kind of take a little bit of a different approach than how we, we set out to, that we were going to do it back in early August. And, um, and so, but part of that, or the reason for that is because one, I, I feel prompted by the spirit to do that, but also because I'm trying to be sensitive to particular needs within our group. And so, um, I think we need to be in tune with our people, with the people yeah. that we're called to yeah. lead and to shepherd, uh, because we're not just standing up there preaching to, you know, uh, just a general audience. We're speaking to people that we should know, people that we should be in in uh, community with, and, yeah. and so we need yeah. to be aware of, hey, you know what? This is this is what's going on, not just in their lives, but kind of in the dynamic of your own group, and and to be willing to address those things. So. Any thoughts that you have there, Dan? Well, I do. Um, there's been some talk now and because of the way AI is is making its way into our society and culture. Um, a question has been posed. Uh, the Church Revitalization Podcast did a, an episode on it, as well as some other things have been out there. But, you know, can AI preach a sermon. <laughs> and so <laughs> really? you input, I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's, it's wild, but wow. I, I don't think that it ever can. It can give a good talk on a subject, but the preacher, the, the teacher, the student ministry worker, the pastor that's standing in front of them knows that congregation and it is going to change the message. And so even as you're praying about your plan, your big plan at the forefront, you know, even before you think about changing direction, you're praying with those students, that group in mind. And so and then when you, you've got to keep your pulse or keep your finger on that, that pulse as it's going along so that you say, okay, has something drastically changed? I mean, I could mm-hmm. see a, a case where, you know, there's, there's a loss of a family member, there's a death in the school, there's a shooting. I mean, all sorts of things could change because the needs, the immediate needs have changed if it was something severe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just being aware of your students, that's one of the reasons God's placed you there is, is that student ministry worker. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, the, the third, third idea that I've got kind of flows right into that because it's, it's not just being sensitive to their needs, um, but it's, it's then shepherding them accordingly. Mm. 
right? Oh, it's it's leading them in the right direction. So in other words, like we're, we're not just called to put our finger on certain things that we see and like, oh yeah, I can see that going on. Look at how good I am at observing things. Like we're, we're called to be people, I mean, shepherds within yeah. our church. And so now I know that people who, who are listening to this, maybe you're not a, um, a pastor or an elder of your church. Maybe you're a volunteer. Maybe you're a, uh, just, you know, maybe you've got the title of director, um, you know, that kind of thing. But, but I think this still can apply to you in, in the terms of leadership. Um, and so when I think of shepherding, I know that that is my, my biblical mandate, if you will. I mean, that's what I am called to do as a, as an elder, and as a pastor of our church is to shepherd our people. I am an under shepherd to the good shepherd. Um, but nonetheless, we are all to, if we're given that role of, of leader over particular people, we should lead them accordingly. So don't just be sensitive to their needs, but to lead them in, uh, in the right direction, according to God's word. You know, if we're not careful, we can use our teaching time as a blunt instrument. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we decide what it's going to be. We sharpen it, get it ready. Um, well, that's a, two different metaphors there. A blunt instrument <laughs> would be to whack them over the head with it. And that's that's ultimately what we don't want to do. Um, we want to be sensitive to the needs. We want to shepherd those students and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And those, when we put all those things together, uh, God is going to be pleased um, when we follow him. And so we may have big plans. We may pray about those plans but then God may have something else in store for us in the moment. And he wants us to be sensitive to him and what he's got. Well, Chris, what else? You got anything else for us on this topic before we wrap up today? Probably the only thing I would say is maybe one more warning. And and that's just simply to, um, you know, not only be careful to, you know, around your own boredom, um, don't, don't make a change just because the text is hard, but um, also, don't make a change just because it's going to be easier on you. Yeah. Right. Like, let's just be honest, right? We, we, like I've already said, we like the path of least resistance. And so sometimes we are tempted to make a change because we think, Oh, you know what? These are, these are going to be some, some sermons that I've either already preached before, or I feel like I've just got a good handle on, or, you know, this is going to make my life a lot easier. If I do this, be careful with that. Be careful with that because, um, as soon as we start doing that, we begin, I believe, relying a lot more on us than we do on uh, on Jesus. And so be careful that if you do make a change, you're not making the change just because you see it as an easy way out. Well, Chris, that's a great place for us to wrap up today. As you work with your students, we encourage you to to be constantly dependent on the Holy Spirit, listening for His guidance as you teach, as you lead your students, as you shepherd them, as you love on them. Um, you just, they need that. And we need to be sensitive to what God has for us. You know, it, there's a lot of, of good things that have been happening with our podcast. So we just encourage you uh, to reach out to us and let us know how we can better minister to you. So if you have a topic idea, we'd love to hear about that. Info at studentministrymatters.com. Or if you just would like to leave a review on whatever podcast platform that you're using and just say how the podcast has been useful. Um, currently, I'm trying to put together something for our weekly newspaper. Um, I'd love to, to get some definite feedback from you 
uh, some words that I could share with uh, their readers uh, so that they could find out more about our podcast and ways that we can be beneficial. Um, we want to connect with you. We want uh, to help you as you seek to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. And we just want to keep working hard and serving hard because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.